Welcome to Podcast 1017. This podcast will feature interviews with Drew's professionals who are experts in their fields and who will share their experiences and success stories. We hope the podcast will allow you to not only learn about various industries, but also inspires you to achieve your own version of greatness. Network 1017 knows the importance of a strong network and have made it our mission to provide you opportunities to build professional networks and to cultivate success within our community. Thank you to our sponsors, Mike and Salam Gaida, Nabil and Dad Al-Mashtoub, Wael and Diana Fiyad. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast 1017. Today we have a special guest, one that works as a consultant for IBM. His name is Raghav Halabi. So please, let's give him a warm welcome. Uh, Raghav is going to actually tell us a little bit about what he does. And actually, we're going to actually start about how he got into this business because this, as you just told me you were, you've been here for 10 years. So I'm kind of curious, what made you leave Lebanon or did you come from Lebanon and how did you get started? You know? Yeah, sounds good. Uh, thank you, Hadil. I'm excited to be with you guys uh, today as well. Um, so my name is Raghab Halabi, and I, um, um, I studied civil engineering at the American University of Beirut in, in Lebanon. My passion for the built environment for construction started maybe when I was in high school. So I decided to, uh, uh, to go this route within, uh, for, for my college degree. And afterwards, uh, I wanted to Moved to either the UK or the US. I, I did uh, do an internship in the UK uh, while I was uh, at the American University of Beirut, mm-hmm. but I ended up here uh, in Austin, Texas, uh, at the University of Texas. Uh, Big difference. I did, did my, yeah, yeah. I did my grad. <laughs> I did my grad school uh, in construction engineering and project management, mm-hmm. and uh, I fell in love in Austin. To be honest, uh, I tried to stay here for work, but. Uh, but uh, I, uh, I moved to Houston uh, mm. for my first job. And it was in uh, engineering and construction for the oil and gas industry. Houston is a great city as well. Uh, uh, I worked in that industry for uh, about six years. Mm. Uh, throughout that uh, time, I was uh, exposed to different areas within project management. Started as a technical engineer, as a structural engineer at the beginning. Uh, two years later, moved into a more of a project engineering position, and then after that, project management position. So it was a it was a nice big exposure to um, um, mega projects. Um, and then at some point, I realized, uh, okay, I want to try something new. Uh, I didn't want to limit myself to just this specific industry, even though I love it. But I, I noticed that there are a lot of um, problems that have been occurring throughout the years within this Mm -hmm. industry that not a lot of people are focusing on solving instead of just trying to keep doing business as usual. Um, And then at that point, I looked into my options and I was able to um, get this current job within IBM. So from Mm -hmm. engineering construction to a a technology company, uh, civil engineer, what, what am I doing here? So basically, I, I work in uh, trying to apply new technologies mm-hmm. that big companies like IBM and others are investing heavily in, but they don't have the, the, the specific vision of how to apply those technologies to mm-hmm. all of the industries. So that's why IBM and other consulting companies hire people with an industry experience mm-hmm. to be able to kind of bridge that gap and, and provide solutions focused on specific industries. So... If you can share, I mean, what 
are certain things that you guys are trying to improve on? Or maybe rather like you said, there's a certain things that you, you saw that globally, I guess, needs to be fixed. And that's why you're building things. Are there certain things you can share that you, that you do to, to help that or make a movement towards? Oh uh, yeah, sure. So maybe we can talk about the specific uh, industry trends within okay. engineering and construction. Mm-hmm. It's basically an area that, <clears throat> excuse me, that touches everyone, right? We live mm-hmm. in houses, we drive the, uh, the roads, the bridges, we, we, uh, we use the offices and the, the buildings that this industry builds. We use the oil and gas that the, this industry builds the refineries and offshore platforms for. So um, we can talk a little bit about those issues and then, or, or trends, and then at the same time, the other extreme where the most cutting edge technologies that are being developed in, in technology companies and then how we can bridge that gap. So to start with, um, the, for, for trends generally, um, you know, the engineering and construction industry, it's, it's just a, every project is complicated, unique, mm. and new, right? So even if you're trying to replicate the exact same building, the soil right. might be different, so you have to do different foundations. That's like mm. the extreme. So most of the time, you're building stuff from scratch. You're mm. hiring labor that, is, um, that, that are you know, new to your company because you have one project in the state, one project in this, uh, in this country. Mm-hmm. You, you can't just have this huge amount of labor move with you. So you're hiring new people all the time, uh, which affects the learning curve. It's always starting from scratch. And and this- in- Sorry to interrupt. Is this only in the U.S. or you? Is a global thing? That's a global uh, trend for okay, sure. Okay, yeah, okay. I, for sure we can apply. We can uh, scale those trends globally. Okay. Um, the second, the second more uh, important trend we see as well is that uh, those companies are operating on very low profit margins. Mm-hmm. So, a good, huge, major capital projects company, if they make five percent profit, that's a good year. They, mm-hmm. they, they, they operate sometimes at one to 2%. They barely make money. They, they have huge revenues, and then no profit. It's just mm-hmm. going away due to their vulnerability. They are very vulnerable to like if commodity, commodity prices change, then mm-hmm. they don't have work anymore. If there are new regulations for urban development that could affect them. So it sounds like anything that happens within the economy is somehow being reflected and affecting this, this specific industry. Mm-hmm. Also very, very, uh, interesting uh, trend is that um, the productivity for building things has decreased over the last 50 years. So imagine with everything that happened in this world, today we do things slower on the construction site or in an, enge- in an engineering office than we used to do it 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 20 years ago. Compared to manufacturing, for instance, who has increased by about 150, 160% productivity throughout the last 50 years. So if something used to take two and a half hours to, to make in a factory, today we can do it in an hour. Wow. Same thing And the construction site, if it used to take two and a half hours, it takes three hours today. So mm-hmm. huge issue. Productivity is the biggest issue that is causing somehow the rest of the trends as well with regards to profit margins and others. And also safety continues to be a huge um, focus because obviously you want your people safe, right? You don't want to harm anyone. You don't want to harm the environment. And at the same time, if there are issues that happen with safety, you have more regulations uh, on you, which affect your productivity. And, uh, and also you, there's a direct link to cost, right? So safety right. continues to be super important. And the last trend is 
you know, among the 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 the, the, the other low rankings for this industry is digitization. So with a recent uh, uh, study by McKinsey and company, they ranked engineering and construction as the, uh, not the lowest, just the second lowest out of 25 industries. They looked into the economy with term, in terms of digitization. How much digital, how much automation, how much robotics are being applied to this industry. They're the, uh, at the wow, they're the lowest, wow. Lowest, yeah, well, second lowest. The very lowest is agriculture and hunting. And they're just construction is just set next, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else they've done better over the years. That's um, crazy. And so you would expect engineering being to, to be on the top because that's your your thing. You're, you're always creating and solving problems to make things more efficient and productive. So it's true. Uh, true. There there has been uh, advancements in technology just for engineering with building information modeling with three D. Uh, three, you know, 3D models and, and right, uh, yeah. trying to integrate a digital twin, creating a digital twin where you, you build something and at the same time you build something virtually so you can see what's happening. But, but the whole integration of project execution uh, hasn't happened at all. Uh, you know, you, you get some good engineering improvement, but nothing is being, uh, you know, enforced on a construction site and the supply chain and the logistics in the startup uh, for, for those projects. So overall, it's the, the ranking is low. Wow, interesting. So then my question to you is, what would you like to see future engineers bring to the table as they are graduating and coming to these big companies to be innovative with their ideas and um, really tackled on these trends? What would you like to see from the, from the, from the youth coming in? For sure, yeah. So, you know, for uh, newcomers to the industry, obviously, we live in different uh, times today, right? We're exposed mm. to different technologies. Right. Uh, for me, when I when I when I just started in in this area, it was always about you learn how it has been done and you do it the same way or better. But it's not like, hey, think outside the box or try to do it differently, more efficient mm. or more efficiently. It's always this this push back to just that's how we do it. Um, we've done it before many, many times and th- it works. So we're going to continue doing it the same way. But mm. what, what I would challenge the newcomers to this industry is no, don't accept that. Right. Don't think that your ideas are irrelevant. Don't, mm. uh, just limit yourself to what the, the, your predecessors have done or the, the career moves that they have taken. Right. Mm-hmm. We, th- at the end of the day, you know, technology is going to be integrated to every industry. We're working specifically uh, today within IBM and other companies that uh, also focus on technology consultant and consulting and application, applying it to industries uh, to, to, to transform, right? Mm-hmm. And that transformation is happening. It must happen also uh, from the, uh, the, 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 the youngest generation, the newest blood uh, within, that, uh, within that industry. I love it. I love it. It's really encouraging because it, it does seem as if it's needed and to bring br- young, bright and a lot of energy to the table. I think um, the youth can really do a lot for that. Um, talk to me a little bit more about why specifically you chose. Why do you like working for IBM? How about that? Let's talk. Oh, can we talk about that? What have yeah, you yeah, found? I just want to make sure. But um, I would like to know why you chose IBM over other bigger companies to work for them and to really help innovate and tackle on these trends, these global trends. Yeah. 
the uh, I, I love working for IBM because they have over the years they have created the the you know the the the, the, the idea the most bold ideas even mm. though today we have we've got you know huge respect for Google Google Amazon um, and other huge technology companies that are creating those amazing ideas uh, from a consumer perspective. IBM throughout the years have consistently created the boldest ideas and applied it to industries. And that's mm -hmm. the most interesting thing to me. Uh, they, they have, they, they come up with, uh, they are the market share leader in artificial intelligence today. They have the most um, uh, successful use cases for the application of blockchain and open mm -hmm. ecosystems. And also, uh, they uh, so so you know and and other technologies, mm -hmm. but they 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 do really well with focusing on creating the best ideas, but taking it further and customizing it to different industries, mm -hmm. and empowering their people to think outside of the box, innovate, and reach out to to their clients or to the to the people that they know and their their network within that industry that share the same views and start discussions about how can we transform. It's not about creating one amazing solution and selling it to all of, the, to all of our clients. The industry doesn't work this way. We work with each one of our clients to partner with them to understand their problems and provide unique solutions for their specific problems. I love that. That's really, um, that's really great that you work for a company like that because A, just something very powerful. They empower their people, right? And I think when you start empowering your people, you give them the opportunity to be leaders in their own field or their own role, right? And whatever, whatever they're assigned to, right? And any, any client that they're working with. So I love that because, and it's not, like you said, not cookie cutter. So it's, it's really just, let's figure out what their problem is specifically, find that solution, and it, it's going to be different than most, right? So I really like that that company, that IBM really focuses on that. Um, it's very inspir inspirational and also many of the engineers who are probably listening to this are probably like okay maybe i should apply to ibm <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure i would i would just add to the to the uh uh point before when you asked me about you know the newcomers it's important to get the best industry experience to look mm. to understand specifically how the industry works and once you gain a few years of this of, of this industry experience now you got to apply your innovation on top of what you've learned mm. and that's where companies like ibm can help and, and prospering those new ideas. Well, then how can they, my question is, what can they do before, let's say they graduate and try to basically prepare themselves for when they do graduate from college and they are, they are looking to work for really bigger companies. If you could go back in time and you were your, you know, you were your like 21 year old self or 20 year old self, you know, what would you, advice would you give, give the youth to prepare themselves to go into bigger companies so they know they can get a position with them? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, but the, but maybe the most, uh, the simplest uh, idea I have here would, would be not to limit yourself to what you're learning through the mm -hmm. curriculum, because uh, also the, you know, the, 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 the way the, um, the, the college degrees are, are, are operate today still are lacking a little bit of the latest technologies. It takes years to get integrated into the classes and, uh, um, and whatnot. Some, some universities do better than others, but it's always up to the individual, up to the student to, to research more, to attend extracurricular um, presentations or, or you, you know, reach out basically to, to, to the, the, the specific 
um, teams within your college that mm -hmm. provide additional knowledge on the technology. And uh, we have worked with many, actually, we do work with many um, universities in the U.S. Okay. to help um, educate about artificial intelligence, Internet of Things, blockchain, and the newest technologies. So if, they, if they're interested in, in those opportunities, I could uh, help link them to the right individuals, at least from our company, and they could, uh, we could see where and which, uh, which colleges are adopting this, um, you know, or, or have this, this option for their students. I love that. That's actually really great because um, I think that's going to help a lot of the engineers going into college really prepare for the future um, because it's, we're so good at studying, but in the end of the day, it's really about the experience you're getting outside of school, I think, especially as an engineer, to really bring something to the table for a bigger company to say, hey, actually, we, we really want him on the team, you know? Um, so I think that'd be wonderful. So if anyone's listening to this, I think uh, definitely reach out to Raga, but I think he's going to be able to help you a lot. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> Uh, my next question for you is actually, I'm actually curious, kind of straying a little bit away from what you do professionally, but what, I would say, what, were there any fears going into this, you know, working for a big company and, and really being innovative? Were there any fears going into it to give you the power to really say your opinion and, and, and execute on it? Uh, yeah, there's always fear. Um, and I think the source of this fear could be too, um, you know, too different sources first is your internal uh, fear about okay I'm, I'm, I'm doing something a little bit different I'm I'm about to submit my resignation from a company that have put a great trajectory for me to grow with them mm -hmm. and then I'm just telling them that you know hey I'm going to a technology company what the hell right so internally you're 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 a little right. bit uh, doubting yourself mm. but but you can overcome that by if you if you if you've trained yourself to 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 be in situations that you haven't done before and trust yourself that you're able to to overcome it and i've already built that that feeling from before throughout my throughout working for my previous employer uh, within the engineering and construction industry i always i always every year i just either you know either get promoted or move to another area within the project so that mm -hmm. i could learn something new so that fear has always been with me, but I would overcome it when I can prove to myself that, you know, whatever happens, I'm going to learn and I'm going to be okay and I'm going right. to actually prosper. That's the first thing. The second source is the people around you that they mm -hmm. would doubt. And I wouldn't blame because, like I said, you know, different industries also or different people that you work with, they, they've done it a certain way years ago and they would actually be surprised if you're doing it differently mm -hmm. uh, so i also had this uh this doubt from my mentors from the people that uh really didn't want me to quit for instance for my from my previous uh employer and i i i, I wanted to i i told them that you know now now is the time if i want to innovate i want to change something within what we how we do then that's that's my opportunity and i want to pursue it um, so yeah, the fear is always there. It's just, you're, you just know that you're going to be able to overcome it and, uh, you're going to be doing great. I like that because it's really showing that overcoming fear is more of a practice, right? So it's like something I always say, if you want to be courageous, you just got to keep doing courageous things every day, little by little will add up and become bigger. And then you start doing more courageous things that are bigger than what you've done before. Right. So it's just really, 
um, how should I say, training your mind and your body to really adapt to something on a consistent basis. So when something does come your way that if you weren't ready for it, right, you're never going to be ready. But if you weren't prepared, let's just say, you wouldn't know how to overcome it, you know. And so I, I really love that because it's, it's showing that you really don't, you don't really get comfortable. You really try to change it up and consistently attack those fears one by one versus just letting them sit and think and like wonder what I'm going to do, you know. So I like yeah, there's a, a saying. There is a saying actually um, within IBM is that the moment you get comfortable, you and your job, you become irrelevant. Mm, that's right? true. That's yeah, very because true. you know you've done it, then you're you're continually continuously repeating what you've done. Right. Then what is your value, right? I mean, mm. your value is there, but it's not. It's, you're gonna be you're gonna be uh, more prone to competition or to smarter ideas. Right. You're so not really contributing to the future in any way or the growth of the company. I love that. That's, that's very powerful. It looks like you're, you're in a good place then. <laughs> if, anyone's, if anyone's considering IBM, definitely talk to him because he'll, he'll know how to, how to kind of help you get there. So I love that. Well, we're close to the end of our, of, our, of our interview, but I do ask one question to, to every guest in, on the show, and um, I'm hoping that you can answer this one for me. And the question is, what's one truth you found in, on your path to success? One truth? Mm-hmm um is that just follow your passion and don't be afraid to think outside of the box because things will work out perfectly for you mm. um don't worry about um about what other people tell you because sometimes they are limited to what they have experienced in their life mm. which is i mean it's just people really try to give the best advice and that's always super appreciated. But at the same time, uh, you are the most responsible for your success. Mm-hmm. And follow your, uh, sometimes your feelings or instinct. And it's going to get you to the, to the best place. Don't be afraid of bold ideas. Just get out to this world and try to change it. I love it. Thank you, Rafa. That's That was great advice. That was great lesson to be learned from you rather than advice i hate saying that um but thank you very much i'm, I'm really yeah, happy to no have problem. you on the show. <laughs> i'm really we happy to give advices of course yeah yes so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's something that's very hard to do but I'm, I'm happy to that you were able to at least share your truth and if whatever anyone else can take from that um you know take it with a grain of salt and and really apply it to your life as well so um, thank you so much for being on the show and thank you for just sharing with us what you do i think it's very inspirational and to hear how an engineer is able to be innovative in his own workspace is phenomenal to me. So I really wish you the best. And on behalf of Podcast 1017, thank you very much. Um, one last thing, though. Where can we find you? If someone has any questions or wants to ask you anything, is it an email better for you or a LinkedIn? Or? Uh, LinkedIn actually would be great. Uh, not many Raghav Halabis over there, so I think <laughs> you'd be able to find me easily. I'm, always, I'm active on LinkedIn, and I would love to connect with uh, anyone uh, that is um, have any questions or just uh, uh, you know become friends and I'm here for um, for discussing any ideas that you guys might have as well and Hadil thank you so much for organizing this it's uh, it's a pleasure talking to you and uh, uh, you know also you shared some of your experience as well so thank you of course of course I'm happy to do it anyways guys stay tuned for the next episode and you know if you need anything Raghav is right there for you just find him on LinkedIn and we'll we'll put the link below as well All right. Have a good one. Thank you, Raghav. Thanks.